Hello and welcome to the Mystic Cast. I'm Jack Stafford, a student of metaphysics and member of the Ethereum Society. And each week I speak to, speak to experts in the field of psychic development, NDEs, spirituality, yoga, UFOs, ancient civilizations, and other members of the Ethereum Society to gain new insights and understanding into the teachings given by the masters through the mediumship of Dr. George King. Today, I'm joined by Wajid Hassan. Hello, Wajid. Hey, Jack. Great to be on your show. Thank you. You're my fourth guest. And I was speaking to you about getting you on pod songs, my other podcast, writing a song based on your book, The Struggle for World Sanity. But unfortunately, I haven't managed to get you on there, so we're going to have a conversation instead. Perfect. Whatever you want. I uh, I only came for the song, but anyway, we, we can talk. We can talk about other things as well. Well, well, maybe a, maybe it might be I burst out into song halfway through the interview. So you're doing a great job promoting the society on many different podcasts. I read about you in the newsletter, traveling around the world virtually. How have you found the response to the society as you've been interviewed? Um, it's, it's actually been a, uh, an amazing journey because I, I wrote the book uh, during the pandemic last August, and then I started uh, getting uh, interviews in uh, from September, and since then I've had a bunch of interviews. Um, I, I, you know, just researching what, uh, you know, uh, our yogi master, Dr. George King, had to endure uh, in the 50s and 60s, um, he reached out to literally millions of people around the world in 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 england uh up and down the up and down uh the united states in australia uh and you know i was reading some of the press clips and he you know pretty much he was ridiculed he yeah. was called he was called the you know the the london cabbie you know in 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 contact with aliens and and they pretty much ridiculed him a, a lot when he, when he spoke but uh, despite everything, he still, you know, continued to to push on. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you know, um, our colleague and friend uh, Richard Lawrence has been doing this for like forty plus years, mm. uh, being a, an, ex- an expert in the field of metaphysics and UFOs. And again, in the in the eighties, uh, he got a lot of slack uh, from people. But he again, he pushed forward, and you know, because of the pioneering efforts of, of, of uh, Dr. King and Richard Lawrence. Um, and also because what's happening with technology and science, uh, people are a lot more open now uh, to what, what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, I, I've, I've been on a number of interviews, um, in fact, over, over 65. And, you know, people have been absolutely, I'm, I've been staggered that people have not, uh, condemn me or put me down they've they've been completely open uh to whatever i've been uh talking about mm-hmm. and it, it shows us a, a, a not only a, a sign of the times but a change of consciousness that's occurring and no, nobody's being ridiculed now if they believe in ufos or life on other more planets pe- more people believe in ufos than in god now really yeah that's interesting yeah. um but yeah, I, I mean, in the past, it, you know, when when Richard Lawrence would say, you know, UFOs exist and there's life, you know, he, he'd be ridiculed. 
as a, as as a crazy person or as a or as a as in or in the minority as somebody's who's disillusioned uh he, he's not you know now he's getting the respect that he deserves because um people who don't believe in ufos or life on other planets are, are actually now in the in the in the in the minority and mm. now if you know it's, it's it, the axolus the axis has changed to the point where um you know when retired generals come out and say that ufos uh, you know came to a nuclear silo and and disarmed the nuclear weapons and when astronauts said that you you know trained astronaut it's not a farmer anymore or a housewife these are very disciplined people who are coming forward in the mainstream media you know saying uh, openly saying uh and, and and the the public consciousness has changed for the better and so i think it's a very very positive move yeah it's you also talk in your book about reincarnation as a fact and i see a lot of similarities between the sub between those two subjects ufos and reincarnation which if you if you put the time in and you research those two areas with logic and you read the case studies you read books about it with an open mind you'd be a a fool not to believe the evidence because this testimony you could you can put a man in to the into the gas chamber with testimony no and but with the testimony of millions of people and and um of from reincarnation and ufos those those two areas and should now be in the in the uh widely accepted no but only it seems reincarnation is lagging behind no um, it is in a way, and uh, again, you know, um, I recently saw an article in the Daily Express where uh, Christian uh, scholars actually uh, came forward and said that uh, the teachings of reincarnation were actually taken out of the Christian uh, uh, church over 700 years ago. Oh. And so, um, so again, yeah, the, the topic of reincarnation is critical because that's one main aspect of what the, the higher cosmic beings uh, have put forward, that reincarnation has to be uh, reintroduced uh, back to the planet. It, it, for, for, for one thing, it explains the inequality. Uh, another thing, because there's no such thing as inequality, everybody, everybody deserves what they have in this incarnation based on their previous incarnations. And, and the, the main thing is that it will, you know, it will cut out all this national pride and this hatred between races and religions, knowing that, and, and people would think twice before they went to war, knowing that they would possibly be murdering their, uh, you know, their father or their mother or their brother and sister from a past life. So, um, on the collective because of the collective consciousness that's occurring uh, these uh, inspirations or, or truths uh, are, are being thrown out into the mind belt and and and, and you're right that the evidence for ufos and reincarnation is absolutely overwhelming and you'd be you'd be you'd be just an ostrich with with your head in the sand not to not to um, you know, believe in, in these two truths. And, uh, you know, like, like Dr. King used to say, you know, don't take my word for it, do your own research. And that's what people need to do is just do their own research. Um, in my book, I talked about 
you know, the, our intuition has been the greatest uh, lie detector ever created uh, on this planet. And we just have to open our minds and reach out and find the truth that is that is readily available right now. Yeah. And if you do meditate on those two things, UFOs and reincarnation, if, if you accept reincarnation you and you use your intelligence and you discern, you, you must think, well, what's the beginning or what's the end? And I see UFOs flying around the sky, two and two together. Maybe I evolve, maybe there's some way that I evolve into flying one of those things one day. And that's when the, and that's where the teachings of the Ethereum Society really give you, lay it all out, how, how the mechanics of the whole process are. Absolutely. Um, there was a case of a, of a flying saucer that landed at a, at a gas station once. And, uh, and the gas station owner turned, turned up and he said, why, why does it say UFO under your craft? And so the alien said, well, that's uh, unleaded fuel only. <laughs> I'll insert the laughter afterwards. Boom, boom, that was a... <laughs> Got to add a little bit of humor to, to a serious <laughs> topic, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... So what from from what we wanted to talk about today was um, the Earth, the Mother Earth as a living being, because we have COP twenty six now, and right. no one's talking about this. So, how would that change people's opinion if they really understood that it is a living being, the greatest living being we've ever touched is the the land beneath our feet. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's been fiery speeches, there's been uh, demonstrations, uh, and, you know, um, again, you know, the leaders of the world, uh, they come on stage trying to look good, but make empty promises, like always, uh, you know, and after the, after the conference, it'll pr pretty much be the, the, the standard and, you know, uh, the, 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 the emissions will continue until it gets to the point where people, oh, I think it's reached a critical point. I, uh, I remember that the Mayan calendar uh, ended in 2012. Now that wasn't the end of the world. This is the beginning of a new era for, for, the, for Mother Earth. And, you know, they talk about, re, 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 you know, the indigenous tribes around the world have always known that we live on a beautiful, living, breathing goddess and metaphysicians and open-minded uh, people who studied uh, aspects of truth know that indeed, uh, you know, this is a, a living, a breathing planet that that is so advanced. It's millions of years advanced than any live stream. And um, on the collective, people are not aware that that we live on this uh, beautiful. Uh, entity that has given us a refuge uh, through space for the last 80 million years that we've been on the planet and and i think it's it's important that the world leaders recognize this i mean um canada and australia they've you know they recognized all the atrocities that they did to the uh, you know to the indigenous tribes and they've and they've made some a formal apology and i think it's important now on the collective that the world, the people, the leaders of the world, and the people, and the people that that are, that are, um, are under them, 
openly recognize the fact that first of all you know the mother earth is a living breathing entity and secondly uh, we need to make a formal apology uh, to her for the millions of years that we have raped her of her of her resources and and we need to give back now on a spiritual level which will also help uh, this climate change that's occurring um, and your listeners may want to know, well, why, what is this climate change? And, you know, carbon emissions is just one small aspect of it. Uh, what people are not recognizing is the fact that the Mother Earth herself is raising her vibrations every year. Because there's that spiritual as aspect is missing to the, to the protesters, isn't it? It's, it's, they're worried about ourselves, you know, us, our, yeah. how we're going to suffer, how our homes could be destroyed. But it's not about, there's no spiritual aspect to that, is there? No, absolutely not. And uh, yeah, it's a material fear uh, of flooding and everything. But, you know, we know uh, on July the 8th, 1964, that the cosmic beings uh, gathered around uh, Mother Earth and sent tremendous energies uh, into her body, which was known as the primary initiation of Earth. And uh, um and um, Dr. King wrote a, a fascinating book called The Day the Gods Came. But on top of that, he, he wrote another book called Visit to the Logos of Earth, which is an, uh, a, a brilliant description of some aspects of the living, breathing uh, goddess, which I think people, again, with open mind, need to purchase and study uh, the um, Visit to the Logos of Earth. But... Um, you know, we we know that every year now, uh, Mother Earth is. She could have released her energies on that day and could have completely wiped out uh, civilization as we know it. it. Wouldn't have affected her, but in her compassion, she's releasing these energies slowly. And these these things, as far as climate change is concerned, were predicted in the fifties and sixties uh, by the cosmic beings. They said there will be. Um, changes in the weather and then eventually over the centuries there will be uh, an ambient uh, uh, weather conditions there won't be uh, spring summer autumn and winter but just a, a very ambient temperature probably similar to like in Hawaii where it stays ambient all year round but globally that's what's going to happen and part of uh, this raising of vibrations of the mother earth is that the ionosphere is gradually being taken down. And so there's an increase in cosmic uh, rays, including ultraviolet rays, which is part of global warming. Again, that is not being recognized. They say, oh, it's, uh, it's uh, carbon emissions. Carbon em emissions are critical, but they're not the main aspect of climate change. And, and so we, uh, as a race now, have to conform to what Mother Earth is doing. She's raising her vibrations. And for us to even have a chance to stay on this planet in the in the near future, uh, we also have to raise our vibrations. Yeah, yeah, I know you're not saying that we shouldn't stop raping the Mother Earth. We've destroyed so much of her resources and done in infinite, incredible damage. So we definitely need to stop that. But you're saying that this this raising of the vibration does have an effect is the change in temperature and, and let's 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 look at it as a positive way this is actually a good thing because it's in some way because 
it's happening slowly and i think dr king said that because there is there is coal and oil under the ice caps now they want to drill there and they, that's because there used to be forests there millions of years ago it's because the earth has changed her her axis but what the um the geologists don't realize is that it can the earth has spun its axis i think it's 36 minutes or something like that it can change there were seas four miles high when the earth does spin in a second and just wipes everything out i don't know if that how, how that happened with uh lemurius and, and uh, atlantis but if, we, if it wants to flick us off its back it can do so like that absolutely i mean yeah we talk about a compassionate being but uh she can uh, at any time and she and she was actually forced after the atomic destruction of uh, lemuria and atlantis she was forced to f- uh to flip on our axis to save herself and it, it did cause the end of uh, the civil those civilizations and yeah um she she can at that at, at any point uh, do that but she's holding up uh, all these things in order for us to uh, not only change but also be part of this you know we need to let your listeners know that we're we're on the brink of of of, of a beautiful new age you know, I mean, uh, in the centuries to come, this planet is not going to be the same as it was with the with the terrible history that we created. And there is not going to be wars. There was there will be no races. Just open land and sea, and and just a beautiful, beautiful environment. And so um, that's also what what I want to push out to the listeners to say that there's hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. This is not. Uh, the end of civilization or the end of the world as we know it and the future has been not only prophesized by our master but by prophets of old they all talked about this new uh, age that's coming and so it's up to us now on the collective to raise our consciousness spiritually uh, give back spiritually to to the to the planet uh, raise our consciousness and be part of this new age exactly because we're in a classroom and those who don't graduate, they get to go to a new, especially built school that's that's uh, a, a younger planet, which is now, I think, in orbit behind the sun. Is that right? And that will be. Uh, yeah, they've referred. Uh, scientists have referred to this as Planet X. Uh, it's on the other side. It can't be seen from Earth, but based on their mathematical calculations on on the pull of uh, Neptune and uh, uh, Uranus. Uh, they know that it's there. They, they they've calculated it to be about ten times the size of 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 uh, Mother Earth, and really? that's what. Why hasn't the Voy- Why haven't they seen it from another satellite like Voyager or somewhere like that? Or um, I don't think they've uh, reached that part. Um, I, I don't think there's been a mission that's that's taken it out that, out that way. They've been uh. they've been studying the. Um, uh, the known uh, planets, but uh, there hasn't been a mission yet to uh, to to go out and and find uh, Planet X. But again, this is another aspect of truth that the mainstream media doesn't talk about, but which was uh, uh, prophesized by a by um, you know um, uh, a great uh, being that that overshadowed our master and, and said that you know that those who don't heed 
the truths of of the the next master that that will come will be will be uh, removed from the earth and he, we won't you know the, he won't come and destroy people but after, after the initiation of death uh whoever doesn't come actually in mercy whoever doesn't cannot raise their vibrations won't be able to stay here physically anyway mm. so in mercy they will have to go to this uh, other planet so um yeah these are very critical times these are wonderful times but they're very critical because we still stand on, on the verge of a nuclear holocaust if we're not careful we still stand on the verge of over overpopulation of over pollution so these things have to be addressed but the main aspect again that wasn't addressed is the fact that we need to um you know the mainstream media and everybody on earth needs to recognize uh the, the fact that we've been given refuge over all these millions of years and make some kind of uh spiritual compensation to this beautiful planet that we live on because that's something that's not in any other of the religions is it that i've i know about is that we evolve into planets that if we we go through very many many initiations we live on other planets then we go to saturn and when we we vibrate in harmony with another being the souls merge and and eventually we form planets and that's that's also something like as above as below no it, if you look at reincarnation logically i don't know if if you have ever done you know there must be some maths about how many how many bacteria it takes to make a plant and how many plants have to merge together to make a an insect and how many insects to make a mammal you know there's the way that are in the past i'm sure we're a, an amalgamation of conscious multiple consciousness says so it's there's also a logic to that as well no yeah that was fully explained in uh, our master's book the nine freedoms um you know i i personally can't even fathom about ascension and going to other planets right now i i can <laughs> yeah. honestly we, we talk be, about it glibly don't we, we say, yeah you know, to be truth truth to be truthful yeah. it's way beyond my yeah you know conscious uh, he was in samadhi and he got this and he got that i mean we talk about samadhi like it's like riding a skateboard or something yeah exactly i mean to just to get into cosmic consciousness is like takes thousands of lives so yeah. you know i I can't I can't just openly talk about ascension and interplanetary existence because that's a little bit way off for me but I can focus uh, which eventually you know is our is our uh, heritage and our destiny and you know and and that brings me another point is you know people talk about why you know oh well, you know why why all these conditions uh, you know it's something that we've created ourselves we, you know we can't blame the, the higher beings or even a divine being uh, about the conditions that, that we've created. So on a collective, it's up to us to, to, um, you know, to, to, to make these changes. Um, Dr. King's famous book, you are responsible talked about the fact that, you know, we are responsible for the conditions and, and, and the higher beings. And Dr. King said that we didn't come here to suffer. We came here only for one reason not to but one reason was to raise our consciousness to reach these high states of, uh, of of deep meditation like nirvana cosmic consciousness and eventually ascension that's our heritage we didn't we didn't come here to suffer and and we we just we have just created those conditions and it's time and people are recognizing that now and, and people are 
again, another aspect of, of um, you know, spiritual consciousness is, of course, the um, astro astrological influence of uh, the Aquarian age as well, which is pushing mankind to, uh, to be more thinking more on a collective instead of different countries and, and, and more in, in, on, on the area of service to others as opposed to being selfish and self-centered, which uh, we have been for countless centuries. So these are very exciting times uh, to be on planet Earth right now. Yeah, we're entering the humanitarian age, so to be of service to others, yeah. Yeah. And and people are aware. Um, I've I've listened to many many speakers, and they and they talk about this this uh, great change, this change of consciousness. So people who are anywhere sensitive uh, are recognizing that, whether they've they've heard about the Ethereum Society or the teachings of the Ethereum Society, but you know they just know by themselves that there is this great change occurring, and especially a lot of the. Uh, the younger generation are going to a lot of apathy and depression and anxiety and fear. And so it's very important uh, that we as adults, you know, take, take responsibility for the younger generation. I think it's not only something, it's not only a suggestion, I think it's a command that we need to, to, to do in order to leave some kind of legacy uh, for, for, you know, I don't want to see my nieces and nephews uh, living on a radioactive, you know, polluted planet. I, I want to see them happy, joyous and free for the future as well. So uh, that's something that's, you know, we need to take responsibility for ourselves as well. Yeah, all these many different new age um, spiritual organizations, you know, they're talking about 4D, 5D and enlightenment, things like that. They, they all seem to they have like the blind men and the elephant you know that parable where they're all all the blind men feel the elephant and say it's it's more like a rope or oh, no, it's more like a tree or oh, no it's more like a wall so they've all have their different pieces and they're all correct in that their different areas or some of their areas but... I, I i felt uh, i i got blindfolded and, and touched an elephant once and i said oh that must be my mother-in-law ex-mother-in-law <laughs> i'm gonna write these down i'm using them <laughs> But uh, it's true, isn't it? But it seems to be the Ethereum Society has, because it, it chimes so much with the ancient teachings, uh, you know, the, all the ancient mystery texts, it, seems, it just joins up all the dots now. Did you find that when you became a member? Um, I was just totally staggered uh, when I became a member. Um, uh, I, I read, um, the first book I read was The Twelve Blessings, and I, and I thought I was 16 at the time. Um, so I've been a member for a while. Um, How did you get the book? Uh, my brother was actually a, a, a member, and I and I found it in his bedroom. I was looking for some notes for school, and I just happened to open the book up and and read it, and it made a, a tremendous amount of sense to me. Uh, and um, I was uh, actually it was the twelve blessings that I that I picked up and read, and uh, and I thought to myself. Uh, it it didn't like it wasn't like a you know burning bush or white light experience and suddenly the heavens opened but I, mm. I just thought logically I said this makes so much sense and then the, the idea that I, I said well either this man who wrote this is either the biggest uh, genius that ever came on this planet or the biggest fraud and I need to investigate so that's that's what I got out of it I said like 
this is way too too amazing so and that and so i did my own investigation and uh, and joined uh, the Ethereum society mm -hmm. so i didn't just openly run and read the book and say oh yeah this is the greatest thing i've ever read in my life i looked at it more on a on a kind of logical level and uh, over the years um things that uh, you know that dr king has said have come have come true and a lot of the things that happened in the past a validation uh, that he was in contact with higher beings and uh, so for me yeah it's um it's kind of been ingrained in me but uh, it didn't it didn't just happen uh, overnight it was something that i had to spend uh, a lot of time uh, doing my own research it's the same with me it's that logical logical love you know there wasn't a blinding white flash but you just read it and it makes sense so it's just like when you know when you're reading through a, a science magazine and you read the results of the research study and you say you know oh yeah you don't expect to be you don't expect to have your heart stopped by the some data you know and that's so so why did that spirituality aspect and that it's so it's so logical so beautiful well two things that that, that really impressed me with, with dr king was was when he said that every time he went in front of people or on any platform that he would make a solemn oath before his creator that he would uh, speak the truth and you know i I'd, i admire a man that would be honest enough to say that and the fact that he said if you want to know truth he said speak the truth mm -hmm. and so that's what he did and he was ridiculed and laughed at when he revealed these inf this information mm -hmm. and uh, another thing which really impressed me was the fact the, in uh, in you are responsible uh, the cosmic beings would uh, give him uh, flying saucer activities uh, three weeks before they happened in Australia, New Zealand, America and then three weeks later um, those flying saucer sightings would occur so that to me was a, a great validation that indeed he was in contact um, with, with, with these higher beings because there's no there's no way that that could have happened if he wasn't in contact with them yeah and also he moved to hollywood california from england and uh, you know if you want to make a name for yourself there at that time in the 60s with the, the the you know just his yoga knowledge i mean he could have he could have had a huge following you know, if he if he wanted to but he you know it's still a tiny organization compared to even the theosophical society or the Rosicrucians is still tiny, isn't it? But that, I think that was by design, yeah? Well, I mean, you know, when he went to America, he went up and down uh, the coast, from coast to coast, uh, do, doing interviews and lectures and being on TV and, and radio. And he reached millions. And at that time, people, it just went over their head because mm. the, the, the teachings were so advanced and and they, they didn't understand it. But now... Uh, uh, like I say, uh, people are are opening up, and uh, you know we may be a small organization, but we're based on uh, his leadership. We're a very very powerful organization in regards to uh, spiritual matters and sending out spiritual energy. And you know, um, in my interviews, people ask me, "Well, what's this? You know, what can we do in order to help this spiritual?" A crisis of this condition and i always lead them to the 12 blessings website the 12 blessings.org mm -hmm. where you know i 
people from different countries get together and this is this is a great way there's you know there's three ways of being a service uh, i give to charity financially i do voluntary work uh, to help um, uh, uh, drug addicts and alcoholics it's been part of my voluntary work for a number of years now and i also send out healing so the, those three aspects of, of service are, are very critical and i think the healing aspect is the most critical because of the terrible hate and apathy and greed and jealousy that's that's been put around the mind belt it's important for us to transmute these uh, these energies and also when we do that again in regards to climate change people are not aware that we control we are responsible for the weather you know and and so these these horrendous uh, conditions that are occurring can be uh, minimized if people got together and and sent this uh, spiritual energy not out not only to the to the uh, to to mankind uh, and, but also to the to, to the nature spirits, the divas, and you know we could see a, a tremendous change in in the weather conditions uh, if if we all did that on the collective. Uh, I remember years ago they had they had, they had a terrible hurricane coming in from, into the east coast, and at that time, um, uh, Mariam Williamson she was running for the Democratic uh, presidential. A race, and she 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 put on Twitter. She said, uh, "Let's all pray to to the hurricane." And she was put down and laughed at. And that was the exactly the same that what needed to be done at that time was everybody, you know, on masks. If they sent energy to that uh, hurricane that was that was coming into the East Coast, would have would have uh, neutralized that hurricane. And these terrible fires are occurring. Uh, these tornadoes. Uh, you know, all, all the these these uh, climatic conditions uh, can be uh, minimized if, again, on a collective, we send out this, you know, this 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 white love energy, the energy of the cosmos, which is being actually beamed down to us by the higher beings on an individual and collective level as well, and that and it's that simple. Uh, that's the thing, Jack, because it's so simple, it goes over people's head. It's not rocket science. It's just basically sending out the power. That's mm. all we're required to do, you know, in order to change the world. Yeah, so simple. I was speaking to Michael Scully from LA on my last episode, and he he stopped a fire single-handedly through praying in the in the desert in in California, just because he had a feeling, and he sent out a powerful stream of of energy and it was the right karmically the right point of time that one man could do it as well and so yeah imagine what if we all collectively changed our thought patterns overnight we would be living in paradise well unfortunately you know um dr king said that's going to be a pipe dream because the uh, the world is not ready for this sudden change of consciousness although uh in one of the uh uh, one of the um, transmissions that came through him, it, they, you know, they talked about another planet in, in the galaxy that was approached by the higher beings and, and, and they listened uh, to this, this message of sending out the light. And they said that within 50 years, that planet completely changed. And, that was, and, and, and we, we can also, this, this can also happen for us as well. If we just make that conscious change and, 
you know, if, if, if you can imagine like just before a football match or a sports match, if people just got up on mass, raised their hands and send out energy, mm. you know, the tremendous power, we could change the world overnight. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen immediately. So, um, so no, the well, people... it does happen some, you know, when some spiritual leader dies or some like people do get united behind a one little cause you do feel you know the energy does does change you know but people have there is this huge collective mind which can you know is a tremendous power even on non-sensitive people absolutely but you know it's like when they have a, a an earthquake the churches are filled you know, yeah. the next week, and then, <laughs> and then when things calm down, you know, everybody gets back to normal. Yeah. Um, so it's not a case of getting back to normal. It's just continuously sending out. And, you know, if, if it was done on mass, we don't have to do hours and hours of it. We just, you know, if people just did 15 minutes or half an hour a day spent in sending out power, uh, we could, we could transform the earth. So it's, it's not a, it's, it, it's, it's a simple issue, but, but they can't intervene on our behalf. We have to. We have to make that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're being that change. I'm just looking at your website here. There's a video of you climbing Kilimanjaro in 2006. Yeah, that was an incredible experience. Um, I don't think I've been closer to 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 God or a divine being. Than, than when I climbed that mountain, maybe because I was I was half dead with exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Give, tell us the story. It was absolutely the most incredible, the most physically and mentally demanding uh, thing I've ever done in my life, and it was the most beautiful experience. I, I yeah, I felt so close to God when I was climbing the mountain. Um, I remember one night. You know, I, I looked up and, and I, you know, it was, there was no trains, no planes, no automobiles, just this complete silence. And I looked up into the sky and I saw this cloud and I realized it wasn't the cloud. It was the Milky Way. And this just this feeling of just being part of the cosmos, being uh, on this holy sacred mountain with its energies. Um, I think everybody needs to go out to the wilderness. Everybody needs to recharge their batteries uh, you know, and, and, and be part of nature and, and, and feel uh, this, this connection and then come down and, and, and share that experience with others. Um, in one way, I could kind of understand where these great masters go into these deep states of consciousness. I mean, I had just had a mild uh, experience, which just totally affected me tremendously, but can you imagine going into a deep state of cosmic consciousness and coming out of that and realizing, you know, this, this, this connection with the universe. And so, um, yeah, you know, that's the thing also, uh, Jack, we, that people need to realize that we, we're not, we're not just part of one country or one race or planet. We're part of, we're part of the universe. And um, I was reading about the human brain the other day and they said, there's enough, neurons in 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 the human brain they're 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 being calculated to be trillions which would be just as much as there are stars in in this galaxy and beyond so you know uh, we're just a small aspect of 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 the of the cosmos we're just small aspects of it 
and the beings cosmic beings have said that we just need to look within and eventually we will be part and that's another thing that i like about the message of the cosmic message is that they you know people in leadership they always like put you know keep or in religions they put down the masses so that they don't gain power and the cosmic beings are saying look at one time you you know you were you were gods and you need to come join us become these gods they, you know and, and and be part of the cosmos and that's what i liked about the message as well they're asking us to be to to raise ourselves and become uh, the gods that we were before we regressed and i think that's a, a beautiful message of hope and did you do 12 blessings on kilimanjaro i did i absolutely did and uh um it, you know because of the exhaustion and and the, it, it was very difficult to actually do the 12 blessings on the mountain um but the inspiration that i got just sitting there and contemplating was absolutely tremendous i had um, because you went with mark victor hansen yeah who wrote chicken soup for the soul i interviewed him on the pod songs podcast and he has he believes in the the doesn't believe in the ethereal society you know did you talk to him about it or he does have well very it, it was it was very interesting just before we started the climb uh, i got everybody together and, and said we need to send a prayer to the diva of the mountain uh, so to appease the the diva of the mountain which we do on pilgrim pilgrimages when we go there and so everybody got together and, and we and we asked for permission to climb the mountain and uh after that, Mark came up to me and said, you know what, I felt that power. That was tremendous. So uh, that was, again, another validation. You know, I didn't tell him anything about it, but he felt that tremendous power go through him. And so, um, yeah, he, um, he, he believes a lot in healing as well. And uh, at, his, at his conferences, sometimes he, people will get together and send out healing to a particular person. And then there's been some miracle cures. So it's not, healing again is very universal it's not it's not limited to any particular person and again dr king came forward and said that every man woman child and even animal on this planet can give effective uh, spiritual healing you also talk in the book about some ufo contacts you've seen even as young as six years old what's the most uh the most stunning ufo well, that, that, that was when I was 18 in London and I got this um, premonition to be at, at a certain place and uh, I ignored it. And, and then, you know, and it just occurred after, you know, after the third day, there was this strong urge that I needed to go somewhere. And so uh, I, I, I picked up a, a map of England and I traced my hand across England to find out, well, where, where do I need to be? And then my hand pointed to this place uh, just outside uh, Salisbury near Stonehenge, a place called Clearwater. And um, my intuition or my psychic premonition said that I had to be there uh, on uh, that Friday at midnight. And so I didn't tell That's anybody. That's really specific. I wish my higher self was that. Uh, my God. Yeah. And, I, can't you even, know, I don't even avoid bricks falling off the the roof tiles falling off the roof let alone uh <laughs> let alone uh, coordinates yeah and you know so i i didn't tell anybody i took the coach or the greyhound as they call it in america and 
and went to Salisbury that that that, that Friday and got there at 10.30 and I walked through these uh, country lanes in the pitch black. And then I got to my destination at midnight. Uh, it was near this uh, little uh, reser reservoir or pond and I jumped the, the fence. And as soon as it was midnight, I looked up into the sky and this white dish-shaped object uh, moved uh, from, the, uh, from, the, uh, from the west to the east. And I, and I thought to myself, well, I'm in the right place. This is where I've been guided. And then at 1.30 a.m., exactly, another white disc-shaped object uh, moved from the, uh, from the south to the north. And to me, it implied the sign of the cross. And, uh, you know, the sign of the cross, this cross is very ancient, but way be bef before Christianity is a symbol of uh, ascension the resurrection resurrection into mm. into ascension and i thought that was really interesting and then uh, i i stood my ground it was very cold i wasn't prepared and then at 3 a.m exactly uh, a much larger spacecraft uh came over it was about 100 meters above me i came over and stopped exactly where i was and this white light came out of the hull of the spacecraft and these tremendous energies went through me and i felt like in this state of like spiritual ecstasy and uh to me um the realization dawned that whoever was controlling this spacecraft the beings that were controlling the spacecraft were ex not only extremely advanced scientifically but also spiritually and it, it you know the realization dawned that that these beings were were, were looking after us had been you know, this is this is some of the uh, feelings that I got after that was they were they've been watching us, they're looking after us, they love us, and I never shared that experience with anybody for years. First of all, because it was very personal to me, but also I didn't want to be looked at as a crackpot. But I did put it into the book because I I don't think they would show this experience just to one individual. I I wanted to share it with the world now to show that. Yeah, I, I had this experience, not so much for myself, but to let people know that these beings do exist. And, uh, you know, um, and, and again, you know, we can reach up uh, to these higher beings and we can draw that same inspiration that I got uh, uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 out in the wilderness. Uh, we can reach that anytime because they do have a, a vibrational sequence uh, of us and they can pinpoint any anyone telepathically and we just have to reach out and send that energy so yeah those those experiences don't come every day and it's something that oh, so, I, yeah because i mean i'm a believer you know i mean i i believe you and i i, I do this podcast but i'm not a knower you know i don't know as the way you you do and there's a huge difference dr king's between being a believer and a knower so yeah i mean that experience is is something i was i wasn't into ufos or anything like that but i think well, that'll do it yeah and <laughs> and then later in the book uh, me and uh, a couple of other people we had another experience out in the mojave desert so i can really people can relate to that if they if they read the book it was another fantastic experience that we had go on i'm all ears now you've got me now don't well, this one, this one, we were we were in Los Angeles at the time in the early '80s, and it was me, uh, another member, Rodney Crosby, and, and my roommate, uh, Ir Irwin Engel, 
and uh, we were just sitting there having dinner, and we 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 kind of wanted to figure out what we what we wanted to do that evening. Maybe watch a movie or go to a club or whatever. And Irwin, Irwin just blurted out. He said, "Let's go to the desert." And it's like we just said, "Okay, let's go to the desert." So we climbed into my car and we we, we just drove out to the desert and uh, to the towards the Mojave Desert and through the Los Angeles and Angeles Crest Highway. And then, um, you know, as we were going, we felt this, this beam of energy come into the car. We all, all three of us felt it. We felt something like ancient, something wise that was probing us. And we all, we all conferred that some, some, we've been observed here. We didn't know what was happening. And then as we drove further into the night, um, uh, you know, I, I was driving and then Rodney suddenly shouted out. He said, stop the car. And we looked to our left and this, this like huge red, red shaped object was climbing out from the Mojave desert up into the sky. And as it, as it, as it, as it moved, it changed from red to green and then yellow and then to a, a really bright orb and it stopped over the car. <laughs> so, so we got out the car and we were looking at this object and, and Rodney said, he said, let's pray to the, to the, to the beings on the craft. And so we, we raised our hands when we started sending out healing uh, as, as recognition of, of these higher beings that were in this spacecraft. And then all of a sudden uh, the spacecraft flashed at us once and then we continued sending the energy out and then it flashed again. As, as a recognition and then the third time it flashed and and then it just with with incredible velocity just like like just in, in a split second just went up into the sky and disappeared so um that was just uh, again you know uh the good thing it was a validation between three people and not just one person and 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 again you know there was a reason for that and again, to share that experience that, again, we're not alone. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we are loved and we are being helped at this time uh, uh, during this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, challenging times uh, karmically that we're going through right now, that there is, there is hope for all of us. <laughs> Nobody's going to be left behind. Mm. Yeah, there are so many other experiences in your book about... Uh... One here with Richard, Richard Medway. You were bothered by a ghost with, uh, with white hair on the floor. Yeah, I've had, some, I've had some up and down experiences, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess once the, once the channels are open, the, the news starts to flood in, huh? Well, the thing is, um, you know, keep an open mind um, and then, you know, uh, we, 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 you know, everybody's entitled, everybody's psychic, you know, we're all born psychic. We just need to just develop our, you know, the, our natural abilities. And some, some of us have developed them from past life and, and, and some of us can develop them in this life. So the, all these things are just natural. People look at them as unnatural because they don't understand them. And that's an aspect of man that needs to be realized that we are psychic spiritual beings nothing wrong with that at all telepathy you know astral projection all these things are just normal parts of being as um, a spiritual being in a physical body 
nothing nothing uh, mysterious about it whatsoever. I mean, we did all this stuff centuries ago, and we just lost lost the sight. That's all. Yeah, because you've got all these Netflix series, and they're all about you know these gifted people who have these special powers and having these strange experiences. But as you've realised from from reading the teachings of Dr. King, you know anyone can heal, and the psychic senses are just mirrors of the uh, of the uh, the physical senses, and it's just so logical and. You know, with these practices, the pranayama, the mantra, the prayer, the self, the selfless service to others, we it's our all our natural birthright, and we're just deaf, dumb, and blind. Otherwise, yeah. And you know, another thing that I wrote in the book is you know this draw like to Marvel comics, to superheroes, science fiction, Star Wars. Um, uh, there's more to the draw. I think there's you know they, they say that the subconscious remembers everything, and so part of us remembers. Uh, being advanced spiritually and scientifically at one time. And so I think there's more that this draw to, to science fiction. Dr. King said there's always an element of truth in science fiction anyway, because it's anything that's created is real anyway in the mind belt. So, um, you know, there's this part of us that remembers, you know, the, uh, those the being, you know, being highly evolved scientifically and spiritually and, uh, and you never forget. So, you know, uh, because of that and the inspiration and the energies that are being thrown out, um, I think that's that's also part of the rise of consciousness uh, globally as well. Yeah, and it's it's ironic that the 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 stories of the adepts are far beyond science fiction because science fiction is only ever twenty years ahead of us. Now, if you read science fiction from you know, 50 years ago, or you watch all, you watch movies from 20 years ago, they seem out of date because there can only, there can only be project a short way into the future. Otherwise we, A, probably we wouldn't believe it and B, they probably can't think of it. So, well, you know, yeah, that, that, that saying, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. I mean, right now, you know, there's, um, uh, Dr. King, the nine freedoms talked about projecting to the spacecraft called satellite number three, which is a mile and a half long. And it's currently in orbit of Earth. And, you know, talk about truth being stranger than fiction. Uh, he, he, when he visited that craft, he was shown very advanced uh, uh, radionic computer systems. And, you know, in my interviews, I, I tell people, well, if you look at Earth science, you know, today with a GPS, a global positioning satellite, we can pinpoint anybody on the planet uh, who has a cell phone. So if you advance that millions of years, uh, these beings have revealed that they have a, a total a dossier of every man, woman, child, plant, rock, fish on the planet, and, and we're online with them. So, you know, and we can just telepathically command uh, energies from this spacecraft and energies, healing energies, spiritual energies that, the, the energies from the sun can be sent to us at this particular time. You know, a truth like that is beyond science fiction. They, they, they said the instruments that they have on this spacecraft are beyond the imaginations of, of, of any terrestrial. And so, you know, yeah, truth can be stranger than fiction. But again, for me, it's a great message of hope that we don't have to look up to the warmongers or the politicians or the dictators, or the, or, or the so-called religious leaders that have just, 
you know, uh, that have just held mankind in mental slavery, but we can look up from our iPhones into the cosmos, attract this energy and raise ourselves again, a a fantastic message of hope, a fantastic message of hope. Yeah. We shouldn't, a lot of people delegate their thinking a lot of the people do their thinking for them. And then, you know, we get hate, we get critics criticized if we deviate from the, the consensus. But like when I, when I, think of that i try to keep myself positive by saying that i'm not worried about what people below me think i'm worried about what the people above me think yeah i mean i, I was raised uh, as a muslim and i went to a church, church of england schools in england and but but the moment my my parents found out you know i was joining the theory society or you know following other teachings they did they, they just i just got a lot of stick to the point where I had to leave home when I was 17. And so, yeah, when aspects of truth are thrown and the other people, they, they get scared because they don't understand. So uh, dogma, you mentioned, you know, the master Jesus coming from higher planes from different planets, people can't handle that. They just can't because they've been so conditioned. But uh, again, it's a case of just opening up your mind to to your inspiration and your intuition but it 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 scares people when you when Mm. you tell them i told a good friend of mine she's a a wonderful wonderful woman a very devoted christian but but when i mentioned about the master jesus visiting india and different places she just didn't want to hear about it and when i talked about reincarnation she just didn't want to hear anything about it because and you know I don't condone her. I think she's a wonderful spiritual uh, uh, woman. My mother is a very devoted uh, uh, Muslim who prays regularly five times a day and reads the Quran. And I absolutely adore her devotion. So, you know, each to their own, uh, but we just need to keep, keep on moving forward. Wow. So positive, such positive vibes coming from you, Ajita. So, uh, I'm really delighted I've been able to have this conversation with you. I mean, it's great to be able to. You've certainly left me with a feeling of 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 upliftment. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it, and uh, it was uh, wonderful to be on your show. No worries. And where can people? Your website is wajidauthor.com. Yeah, and in, in there they can find our information on on. <clears throat> how to get the book, watch some of my silly uh, acting videos and, uh, and, re- and click on the links to the Ethereum society and, and, uh, and other, uh, other links that I have there. So, and your yeah, book have... is available on Amazon. Yeah. The, it's called the struggle for world sanity and uh, it's available on Amazon on the Kindle uh, print book and, and, and actually audio book, which I never read it myself. Oh, great. That'll be nice. I'd, I do prefer audio books, especially when the author's reading. Yeah. Wow. Thanks so much, Wajid. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. All right. Take care.